Good morning all. How are we? <laughs> Happy New Year, by the way, from the Matauras. <laughs> it's always good to be back, amen, in the house of God and worshiping with our family here. Even though we had a good time in New Zealand, um, our family gives our gives their love to pass on to our church here. And uh, we did have an amazing time, and God was just awesome. Um, why I say God was awesome, it's because we don't know what we enter into, but when we go with the help of God, he will just lift you up wherever you go. So that's the, the, the beauty of serving God and just relying on God and saying, God, my family is in your hands and, you know, all our plans, our hopes, our ambitions, we give that into your hands. And we've been blessed by, by New Zealand and, um, but we are grateful to be back home in Australia. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we miss them, but most of all, we miss our family here. And it's always, um, a joy, you know, especially in the family of God serving him and then fellowshipping with him and then why because this is where we get built up this is where we get um fed this is where we get um encouragement and then we are able to use those things from here and take them out there so that's awesome amen Woo! hallelujah <laughs> okay joanne when we're ready what i want to speak about today is um I went through this week with a um, a daily plan on um, U version, and I came across a uh, plan by Dr. Charles Stanley. He was talking about passion and um, and your purpose, passion and purpose. But he put it in seven in seven um, topics, and they're big topics. And um, I would encourage you to if you. I've missed something. I'll put it in my own words today. But um, what I have read, he really um, helped me. You know, even the things that I went through, the things that I have to sacrifice, the things that I have to leave aside, the things that I have to prioritize and manage properly. You know, he picked all these points. And I think for the beginning of the year, there's something that we need to do as a as a church and um maybe some of us have already done it some of us are still on the way of doing it and uh some of us haven't thought about it um i encourage us this morning you know just to to look into those things but anyway he says some people they they settle you know they settle just for what they have now they're not thinking what's happening ahead Sometimes we might think that we have done all our potential. We had, you know, everything we've done in our own strength. We've done it and we are here now where we are, but we don't think there's more. The thing is, we are blinded or sometimes we don't see our purpose or we don't see what God has in store for us. We, we have lost sight of what God has created you to be or you have lost sight of what he has planned for you to be. You know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and plans to bring you hope and to give you a future. So he's encouraging us, those that doesn't have plans now, okay, there are also other things that I need to plan, that I need to work through to get, you know, to get right with God and to get, um, uh, fulfill the purpose that he has for me. But he knows all those things. Sometimes we're just, oh, I'm settled here. I have everything I need. What else do I need? God has placed you, you know, placed more things in you that you haven't seen it yet. 
two things that he encouraged us. He, two things in his, um, in his encouraging. He said, God has placed you more within you than you realize. God has placed in you more than you realize. The second thing is you likely have settled for the life you are living now. You likely have settled for the life you're living now. You must remember that your heavenly father sees you through the eyes of love and forgiveness. He sees where you are, but he also sees the person he made you to be. God sees all the awesome potential and possibilities he's created you to fulfill. So God knows all those things. Our, our lives have already been planned by God, but that is up to us to seek and to dig deep into the presence of God and ask him, God, where am I heading? So I encourage you, if you haven't made plans yet, seek into, you know, seek God because he wants, he wants, um, he wants to prosper you. That's his plan for our life. If you're willing to discover and align yourself with his plan and purpose for you, he'll bless you more than you could ever imagine. And he will open doors. He will open doors of opportunity you have never dreamed possible. He'll restore the joy. He will restore the peace. And he will restore the hope that you have lost. And he will show you the path to the accomplishment that he wants in your life. And he promises to bless you with life at his very best. That's who our God is. He wants the best for you. God has placed you here in this time, in your current location, to allow you to maximize your role in establishing his kingdom here on earth. Ephesians 2, 4-5, he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And he says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So that is, he's, he's speaking to us this morning. So I want to go through seven points that, um, Dr. Stanley, um, encouraged us this morning. If this is going to work. Joanne, can you take us to the first slide, please? First thing he, he, he said, he said, we must have a clean heart. We must have a clean heart. He's speaking to our spirit. He's speaking to our spirit. He says, that's where the place deep within where you relate to God and experience his presence. It's in your heart. In your heart that he wants to speak to you. Because I believe most of us here have received him as our personal savior. We have received him into our heart. We didn't receive him into our liver or anywhere. He, we received him into our heart. And his presence is the one that is living inside of us. Why, we might ask, why we need a, a, a clean heart? Because we were all born with sin. We were already sinners before we were born. But God wanted to make that, make that life for us straight. That's why he came down. He came down so he can straighten up our lives with him. 
For every person, we are all born with a sinful nature. We focus on ourselves. We focus on the things that we can do. We know the babies, when they are born, what do they do? They need human touch. They need food. I need a cuddle. I need to sleep. I need to get changed. It's the same with our spirit. We need God. We need his spirit to cleanse us. We need his Holy Spirit to lead us. We need his Holy Spirit to guide us. We need his word to be filled on. God sent his only son Jesus into the world so he could substitute your place to him. He loved you. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, it's up there. It says, if, every, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new being. The old has gone, the new has come. And also he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So our heart must be cleaned. We must have a clean heart to come before God. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things. Whether you're walking a journey with God, whether you're walking a journey with somebody, in all things, God worketh for good to those who love him. You might ask, I've already have a clean heart. There's nothing that I need to do. Yes, there are things that we need to do. The spirit that you carry inside of you is not your spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That is God. That is Jesus inside of you. It needs to be clean. Who wears a clothes that is dirty? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, maybe the workers outside, yeah. But if you're working in an office, you wouldn't wear builder's clothes, were you? If you're a nurse, you're not going to wear a doctor's suit. It's the same with our heart. We wear the Holy Spirit. Because he is the one that we need to shine out. Amen? Second one is, we must have a clear mind. I struggle with this. I have been struggling with a clear mind. As soon as you try and sit in a quiet place and just try and focus something, you there's so much that comes up. But this is a, a area that we need to be disciplined. I'm not there yet. I'm still learning. It's a learning curve for me to try and push out the things that, that are not necessary for God. Especially if I'm looking to have a purpose, to find my purpose and to find out what, you know, passions me to, to do the will of God. You can't have everything in your mind. It's a tough, it's a tough move. But we can conquer that through the help of the Holy Spirit. He will help you in all those things. The key to having a clear mind is to seek an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We must desire to know and become like him. He must be our savior and our role model. 
The Apostle Paul declared in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. So Jesus had a clear mind. He knew why he was here. He knew what he wanted, what his father wanted him to do. He came as a servant. He didn't come like a king. He came as a servant, even to the death on cross. Jesus was a very clear understanding of who he was and why he was here on earth. Our Savior regarded himself as a servant. He humbled himself before God. And he was obedient to all the commands and leading of our Heavenly Father. That's God's profile for you. If you want to have the mind of Christ, you must see yourself as his servant. The Bible calls us to be ambassadors, to be a bond servant for Christ. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 20. It says, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is Paul talking. He knew that he was an ambassador for Christ. We are also, you are also ambassadors for Christ. Not only in here, wherever God has placed you to be. You are his ambassador. You are his servant. I am a, I take a role of a supervisor at work. But it's no good being up there just, just being there. No, it's not. I love to serve. And our heart must be a servant's heart. Because if you serve, your workers will follow you. They will follow and see, oh, my boss is working. I should be doing that. Even just picking up rubbish on the floor. Oh, look at the manager or supervisor. He's picking up those things, you know. It's the way that we have to lead. If you want to be a servant, Jesus said, if you want to be the first, you must be the last. You must be the least of these people. Because in due time, God will lift you up. So we must have a clear mind. We must have a clear mind and ask God, God, what is there for me? What do you have for me? Sometimes God will, he won't give it to you straight away. Oh, here, you have done your devotion today. It's a process. It's a process that he wants you, and sometimes he tests you, so are you really in this for him? It might take a while. The children of Israel was 40 40 years in the desert. For us, it will take a while. I have to learn patience. (laughs) It's not a good thing, but it tests you. And it will bring you out, bring the best out of you. And God will give you all the best because he promised that. Determine in advance that you will obey him. That's the main thing. If you want a clear mind, obey God. Obey his commandments. Obey the things that he's telling you what to do. Sometimes he will speak through, most of the time he will speak through, through his word. But also, he will speak through your brothers and sisters here. 
Don't think that God, you just want to hear straight from God, straight from the Bible. Yes, he does speak from there. But we also need encouragement from those around us. In your relationship with one another, Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says, Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to be his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's who Jesus was. So we might say, yeah, I want a life like Jesus. Hey, follow his commandments. Follow his ways. That's the only way you will see the life that Jesus lived. Third thing, using your gifts. When you were born, God already placed a gift on your life. It takes a while for us to experience what gift you have. What talents you have. But what you have is not somebody's, it's your own. Because you were made uniquely by God. He created you for other reasons, for other purposes. And not the same as somebody else. Sometimes we try and be, I want to be like him. You won't be like that person. Because God has created you with your own gifts and with your own talents. Your creator has gifted you in unique and wonderful ways. He's crafted you with particular abilities and talents. When you develop your God-given attributes and use them to serve other people in love, great things can be accomplished. But if you try to function apart from your talents, or if you attempt to use your abilities in ways God didn't intend, You are headed for a life filled with anxiety, frustration, and failure. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing. We do things and then we fail and you're you're blaming God. God, why is this happening to me? I'm serving you. I'm doing this for you. But it's not what God has intended for you. God has given you different gifts. I'll take this in my in kids' shirt. Auntie Jan has the gift of doing crafts. <laughs> I am terrible at, at crafts. Auntie Vic is good at cooking. I am good, but, you know, they have those gifts. They have those talents. And when they bring the word of God in those things, you know, the children just marvels. So what's your gift? What do you think God can use? Are you good at management? I know Pastor Rodney is very good at management. He's very organized, I have seen. Me? (laughs) No. (laughs) But I'm still learning. Still learning in all those areas. You might be good at something, but we don't know. Only you know and God knows. But the only way that we can know is for you to show it. It's for you to use it, what God has given you and what God has placed in your life. That's the only way we can know. Those people outside there, you might be the best chef here, but you haven't shown anybody yet. How can we lift you up? How can we encourage you? 
So we must know our gifts. We also have our ministry gifts. The Apostle Paul identifies um, our emotional, uh, motivational gifts. Prophesying. Joanne, thank you. Proclaiming God's word. Ministering. Serving and helping to meet a need in someone else's life. Teaching. Presenting information and principles from God's word. Exhorting. Intense encouragement to live out the Christian life. Giving. Expressions of time. Your treasure and talent marked by generosity and faithfulness. Leading. Administering. Organizing or leading others. Showing mercy. Expressions of kindness that point to God's loving kindness and his free offer of forgiveness made possible through Christ Jesus. Hands up. If you think you have one of those gifts. Hands up. Thank you. Okay, there are some of us that are still identifying our gifts. But I tell you, we all have one of those. It's how we bring it out. If you're not sure yet, go to God. Holy Spirit, help me identify what is my gift. Because he will help you. He will identify, yes, my child, this is what you're good at. This is what I have for you. But the thing is, once we know our gift, it is not something that we need to hide. Okay? It's not something that we need to, oh, I can't do it. I'm not that good. Okay? I'm not good enough to do these things. Step out. Step out from your comfort zone and rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. He will lead you. He will show you and he will lift you up. Don't be scared. I have been scared. People will say, oh, you're good at this. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's me that's holding myself back. While the spirit inside you is living, he's saying, come on, child. Come on, let it out. Come on, go there. Come on, go and pray for that person. Come on, give your time. Go and help this person. We all have fears, but perfect love drives out fear. If you have the love of God for your friend, for your neighbor, for those around you, fear has no right to come against you because you are not clothed with fear. You are clothed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, Never forget your potential lies in the arena of your God-given giftedness. The very building blocks of your potential will always be the gifts he's given you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he already has prepared all these things for us to do. I've, I've been hearing, oh, revival, we need revival. Revival is already here. God has already placed us here to do something. He has placed you in your location to do what he asked you to do. So what is your passion? What is your purpose? Point four, he says, 
we must have a healthy body. I know some people will, hmm. But it's true. And I've seen it on myself. When you're heavy, <laughs> you're tired. You don't want to do anything. You know? Anxiety comes. Laziness comes. Why? Because we're too heavy. We're too big. I'm sorry, I'm not, you know, talking about if you're sitting here big. You know, we're, we have been through that. But this, this is just encouraging us. You know, our bodies, what we use, huh? what we eat, what we drink. Because it helps us to do the thing. If you're light and fit, I bet you you can do a lot of things. Pastor Ronnie used to be fit. He could run a whole mile. I can't. What about you? What can you use with your body? Our body is a temple of God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he has created you uniquely. He has created you with the potential that, yes, you can do this. You can run a mile. You can preach. You can teach. You can um, exhort. You can help somebody out. You can drive somebody to, to wherever. You can build the shed. You can build the classrooms. So he has created our body. So he's, he's encouraging us. We must have a healthy body in serving God. Doesn't mean only slim people can serve God. No. He uses everybody. But it's how we look after ourselves. You know, to maintain that we can go a long way to in serving God. Good health is absolutely necessary for the following. For our mental focus, for enthusiasm, for clear thinking, for motivation, for perseverance to complete a task, and to quick response in times of danger. Those are the benefits of having a, a good body. <laughs> A healthy body for God. You know, I just imagine at work if somebody big force in front of me, how can I carry? <laughs> Bless you, brother. <laughs> no. God wants us to be fit for his kingdom. He wants you to be fit. Okay? That's how we get the work done. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your, in your midst? Okay. That's who our God is, has created us. He loves us. I love you guys. I'm not saying there's big, you know, dominate people, no. I found it on myself. And I bet you, sorry, Pastor Rodney, I'm just picking on you. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Pastor Rodney, he's got the potential to do it. But you know what? I admire him because he's still doing it. Even though he, he's, he's not well enough. He's not fully, you know, recovered from what, what he went through, but he's still doing the work of God. And that really pushes me, you know, to go on. We shouldn't be tired. He's not tired. Even though he has to go through a lot of physios to get where he, he wants, he, he needs to be, 
he's still doing it. Because he knows God has, you know, has, he's got more potential. Because God gave him the strength. God is giving him that strength. And if we have that mindset, I tell you, God will use you anywhere you need to be. We are not limited with who we are. We went to the conference and I forgot what's his name, but he had no, no hands, no feet. Nick? Voyage. <laughs> but you know what? He inspired me too. And what? Four kids? That's amazing. But you know, it's not our bodies that really matters. It's our heart that is willing to do the will of God. Because he knew what God created him for. And that's his testimony. This is Pastor Rodney's testimony. I know he's got testimony to share. What is yours? You are fully created. You've got two eyes. You're looking at me, two hands, two feet. God honors us. Regardless, you lost a limb. He's your honest you. Number five. We must, we must have a right relationship. Okay, you can't do the will of God just by yourself. As we follow the path toward fulfilling your God-given potential, you'll discover rather quickly that you don't walk it alone. You'll not arrive at the fullness of your potential without getting and giving help along the way. You don't get to where you need to, to be by yourself, no. For myself, I had people to, to help me. I had my family to help me. I had mentors to help me. I had pastors to help me to get where, to get to this place. I had my grandmother to pray for me. I had my parents to pray for me. For all of us, Champion somebody. Champion your, your, your partner. Champion your children. Champion your teachers, your pastors. Even those next, sitting next to you. You might not know them, but it takes a step. You don't walk it alone. You walk with God and you walk with the people that God has placed in your lives. And don't take that as an advantage. Don't waste their times. Yes, we might be busy doing our other things, but find a time to get filled. This is not enough. This is different. And it's different to have a, a relationship or just to have a time with a pastor. It is different. Scary sometimes. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Every time I see with Pastor Ronnie before, <laughs> just look at the time or scratch something. Or <laughs> but you know what? What I get out of them is so amazing. And I encourage you, I encourage us, church, not only our pastors here, even your coordinators, your team, your team leaders, or, you know, whoever, the, whoever brother or sister, it's, it's for us. It's a team environment. It's a family environment we have here. 
You know what I tell you? We'd rather do it now because when we grow bigger, it's hard. At this time, oh, I love getting together with my brothers and sisters, especially with my warriors that are helping me move forward and strive forward for the kingdom of God. Last night I was talking to my husband. He goes, oh, I miss the family in New Zealand. I turned around, I miss my family in Griffith, (laughs) my spiritual family. And he goes, oh. (laughs) But I do, because I get more out of my families here, especially if we're all aiming for something, if we're all aiming for a goal to win our city for Griffith and to win souls to the kingdom of God. That's what I miss. The encouragement, the prayers, you know, and speaking into other people's lives. That's what I miss. That's what I look forward to. So, God's plan for each of us is to be in relationship that provide mutual help and assistance. As much as you need others for help and friendship, they need you for the same reason. People around here need other people. Jesus wasn't by himself. He had the 12 disciples with him. They worked together. Moses, he had Aaron to help him out along the way. Noah didn't build the ark by himself. He had his three sons to help him. Paul, Paul didn't walk the journey alone. He walked with other brothers. That's where he he got where he went. He had Barnabas, he had Timothy, he had Titus. Me, I have my family. I have my amazing pastors with me. I have my team of teachers with me. I have my brothers and sisters here to walk with. What about you? Don't be afraid. Sometimes we don't want to make time because the pastors are too busy. That's what we think. It's our mentality. We need to be open-minded and say, you know what? Can I have five minutes of your time? They're not going to say no because they love it too. That's how I got it because they loved working with me. So don't think because we are all high that we don't have time. No, this is who we are um, created for. It's for this reason, to be partnering with each other. Number six, this is the other thing that I struggled with, having a balanced schedule. (laughs) A balanced schedule. What's a balanced schedule? This comes down to our times, our priorities. What are you looking for? Where are you spending most of your time? Am I having time for God? Am I having time for, 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 to see somebody? Am I, am, am I having time to, to get filled or, you know, to be encouraged? If you want to find your full potential, you must have a, a strict time to be with God. 
you must have a time to be with your brother. Or you must have a time to be with your team. You must have time with your pastors. Just share. Even just have a time with the brother next to you, with the sister next to you. I said, hey, sorry, I don't know you. But can I have part of your time? God honors that. And I tell you, everybody here, I'm pretty sure that we're looking for somebody to speak to. Sometimes we're hidden, we are shy. We say we are shy. Oh, I can't talk. I don't, you know, sometimes we have um, language barriers. But he wants us, you know, he's encouraging us this morning. Have a balanced schedule. Because if, you, if, you, if you're just living oh, day by day, day by day, you will accomplish nothing. Your day will be wasted. Then you will ask, where did the day go? What have I done today? Every day I ask my kids, especially when they go to school, I say, please, can you find a time? You know, with those kids that doesn't even have any friends, Find time and spend with them, with them. You know, find those that are less, uh, no friends, or they're just by themselves. Ask God to lead you there and go there. Be with them. That's part of your, of your schedule. Because lunchtime, we just eat. Have, enjoy our time together. But what, what have, you, have you done during the day that can help somebody or that can inspire somebody or that can, you know, encourage somebody? Time management is very critical, especially living these days. The days are just going quick. We accomplish not much when we're still sleeping till 9, 10 o'clock. <laughs> The day's already gone. But in our schedules, do we have time for God? In our schedules, do we have time for each other? I struggle. Because I work afternoon shift, especially having the time with my family. But the critical time I have with them early in the morning is to raise them up and say, this is my time with my family. I will sow into them the word of God and I will use all that time so they can understand what God's purpose for them. What about you? We all have, have our own schedules. Some have already planned theirs. But only through the help of God that we can, we can have schedule for somebody else. Amen? Whether coming here at church, whether for cooking, whether for, you know, all those things. You are doing something. You are sowing something that is right for God. And lastly, taking God a risk. Taking risk, something that some of us don't like. We're just, you know, we're just happy where we are. But God has intended more for you. He's got more for you. Take the risk. Okay? Step out. Because he wants... He wants you to, to, to experience what he has for you. Jesus done it. 
when he fed the 5,000, these disciples said, send them home. Jesus said, no, bring what you have. These people must be, must eat. He took a risk. He prayed, blessed the food, fed the whole 5,000. Peter took, uh, took a risk. Stepped out of the boat. He was the only person that walked on water apart from Jesus. He took a risk. Are we taking risk? I tell you, I haven't. I haven't been taking risks until I had the encourage, I had the words to encourage me. Take a risk. I did. And there are more risks to come that I need to step out. Because in those risks you take, that's when God fully comes in. Boom. Take over. If you're just going to settle, my brothers and sisters, you won't experience the full, ex- um, the full potential that God has for you. He loves you. So what am I saying today? Do we know what our passions are? Do we know what is our potential? Do you know? You have a lot. You have a lot that you can use. And God will use that if you allow him to. Open your heart. Open your mind. Have a clear mind. Have relationship with each other. Have a time schedule. Because he wants to work inside of you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for encouraging us to find our passion and our purpose for you, Lord. Lord, our heart's desire is to win those that haven't um, known you yet. But also for our own lives, our families, this community of Griffith. That we may all be in your kingdom, Lord. Lord, I pray that every heart in this place, Lord, that we have something to, to take, Lord. I pray that you give us the power and the empowerment, Lord, to do all these things, to step out and just to give you and surrender you everything that we have in our own lives, our plans, Lord. Not only for our own lives, but also for your church, Lord, our children here. Lord, we say, yes, we want to do this, we want to do this, but how can we do it if we don't do it? We ask you, Holy Spirit, you are the only one you can deliver from. You can deliver us, Lord. The words of the songs that we sing, Lord, this morning, it is you. You are our hope. You are our deliverer. You are our joy. You are our peace. And to find our own potential within each other, Lord, I pray that we will be open-hearted, and just be able to, to uh, stand side by side with, with, with each other and just say, hey, I will help you to get where you are. And that is your heart for us. You love us and we honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.